Well, it's good to see you here this morning. We are shy, a number of people. I know there's several next door, and I know we've got some missing that are out of town and so forth like that, and uh, we've got some that's uh, out sick. So y'all just keep the church in prayer that uh, God will restore everybody and get them back in here where they belong and everything. Uh, we got uh, Sue back. She just had surgery, and she is just doing super. So that shows us right there that prayers, God answers our prayers. And she went through a surgery real well and just doing super. And so y'all keep her daughter April in prayer. She's kind of got a problem with her throat this morning and uh, sore and kind of hurting and everything. So y'all keep her in prayer. And uh, like Dale and Beverly and the kids, they're all out camping this week. They was having one last fling before, I guess, summer's over and this and that. But anyway, they had a chance to, to go there up here at Lake Bridgeport and uh, enjoying themselves. And, so, and uh, we got uh, Peggy Pickle. She's had dental work done or doing it or getting it done. So she's not feeling too well, so they're out. And, uh, but there are just a number of people right now that's got some things going on that they're just not here. So y'all just keep the church in prayer and that uh, God will just restore and touch everybody and get them back in here. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> uh, this morning, I remember potluck dinner. We got potluck dinner right after service this morning. So y'all be sure and go over next day. I'm sure there's plenty of food over there. And... Uh, so y'all just gonna come over there and we'll have a time of fellowship and talk and get to meet people. I know a lot of times we're in a hurry to rush out of here and go. And so let's just spend a little time and talking with each other and getting to know each other. If you need some prayer, just ask somebody there. Ask me, whatever. And we'll just take a moment and we'll just have prayer. Uh, this morning, we very seldom preach or talk about it anymore, but this morning what I want to do is talk about the power of the blood. That is something that we need to constantly remember what Jesus Christ did upon that cross. Uh, when he shed that blood, you know, it just, uh, God, this is probably one of the greatest gifts God could give, and that's the shed blood of his son Jesus Christ. That's how that just goes to show. We go right back to John three sixteen. Shows how much God loved us that He would let His Son die and shed His blood for our sins, so that one day we could have eternal life and be with them. And you know, many of us we really don't understand the power of the blood of Christ. We hear about it, but we don't hear about it like we should. And I'm going to talk about it here this morning. Some of the things that the blood does. And I'll get into it in a minute, but there is a, something that we need to do. When we accept Christ, we need to apply the blood to our lives. Many of us, we just accept, well, he shed his blood, but we don't apply the blood to our lives. When we apply the blood to our lives, that, that, God can really work with us. And I will talk about that in a few minutes, about applying the blood. How do you apply the blood? What do we do? How important is it to apply the blood? It's really very important. 
And, uh, you know, there are so many churches now who have stopped preaching. We even quit singing about the power of the blood. I remember going into church and singing, there's power in the blood. We talked, we sung, we preached and talked about the power of the blood. We don't do that like we should. And this is my fault here. I should be doing it more. Talking about that power and what that blood, that shed blood can do for each one of us. Uh, and I'm just wondering sometimes if we don't do it, but do we as Christians understand the importance of the shed blood of Christ and what it's done in our lives? Do you ever think about, probably not, about the shed blood of Christ and what it has done for you? We don't do that. It, I mean, it, we, we just get so busy that so much just kind of in our prayers and in our praying, sometimes we don't even pray like we should. We forget. I just wonder how we would feel some days if God just forgot about us. Things you're needing, things you're needing taken care of, and God says, oh, oh, later I'll, I'll do it later when I've got time. Sometimes that's how we look at prayer. Oh, I'll do it later when I've got time to do it. You know, it's very important that we come before God, that we pray to God, tell God how much we love Him, how we thank Him for everything that He has done in our lives. And, uh, but I want to show you, you know, the, the Bible tells us many wonderful things that the, that the blood does when we apply it to our lives. When you apply the blood, it, first of all, it, it, uh, it provides forgiveness from our sin. Here in Hebrews 9.22 it says, And almost all things are by the law purged. Purged just simply means cleansed. With the blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission, or there is no forgiveness of sin. If Jesus hadn't shed his blood, our sins would not have been forgiven. So that's how important it was for that shed blood to happen. And the blood gives you life. Do you realize the blood gives you life? Here in John 6.53 it said, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life. We say this and do this when we take communion. It's getting Jesus Christ, his presence on the inside of us. So when, you, when we uh, partake of the wafer, that's his body. When we partake of the, of the juice, that's his blood. And we're giving him praise and thanks for what he has done for that shed blood because that is what gives us life. The blood brings you close to God. When, when Jesus shed his blood, he reconciled us. He cleansed us from our sins and he brought us back into the grace of God. He brought us back into the grace of God. Here in Ephesians 2.13 it says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off or you are away from God are made close by the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ drew us back into the presence of God. We were reconciled back into God where our sin had separated us. But that blood cleansed us it purged our sins away and God could receive us back into Him. The blood cleanses your conscience. 
Here in Hebrews 9.14 it says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot? What does it mean he offered himself without spot? He offered himself without any sin whatsoever. Christ was totally sinless. He had no sin. So therefore, he was the most perfect sacrifice that God could give because he had no sin whatsoever. But he offered himself without spot to God to purge or to cleanse your conscience, your mind, from dead works to serving the living God. You know, even the Bible tells us, for we should have the mind of Christ. We should think like Christ, love like Christ, do what Christ did when he walked this earth, to have the compassion, the love that Christ had, that he shared with us. And it, and, and it gives us the boldness, the, Christ, the blood of Christ gives us the boldness to approach God. This is now that we, through Christ's blood, we can approach God with a boldness. Not a, a boldness of... Uh, but with a boldness... What I'm trying to say is with a boldness of humbleness of who God is. Not a pride, but with, with humbleness because of who God is and what He has done. It, it says here, it says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. When you're entering the holiest, what are you doing? You're entering the very presence of God. There's nothing any holier or more precious than God. And we're coming into His presence. You know, the Holy of Holies was a place that the priest went in, and only the priest, and he could only do it once a year. Once a year, only the priest could go into the Holy of Holies and take the people's sin and offer them to God for forgiveness. And when that priest went in there, he better be right with God. When that priest went in that Holy of Holies, you know they tied a rope around his ankle? And he had little bells on the bottom of his robe. If they didn't hear those little bells tinkling and things as he was walking around praying, they'd holler, Hey, priest, are you all right? If that priest never said anything, they'd take that rope and the priest, they would pull him out of the Holy of Holies. He was dead. He entered God with sin and unforgiveness in his heart. And God struck him dead. The Holy of Holies was a very, very holy place and you only entered it in the presence of God and you better be right with God. Even the priest had better be right with God. The blood sanctifies us. Hebrews 13, 12. Therefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify. What is sanctify? Sanctify means to set us apart unto the works of God. God sets each one of us. When we accept God as, as our Lord, as our Savior, he's, He sanctifies us. He sets us apart. You're different from the person next to you. God's got us something very special for you. And you're set apart to do the work of God that He wants you to do. That's sanctified. It's setting you apart for the works of God. 
He said, Therefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. It was Jesus' blood that sanctifies us, cleanses us, to set us apart for the works of God and the things that God had for us to do. The blood heals you. You ever think about that? It's the blood of Christ that heals you. Here in 1 Peter 2.24, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness and by his wounds we have been healed. His wounds. Those were the stripes that he took with that cat of nine tails that they literally just beat Christ and beat Christ unmerciful. That blood just poured out of his back. They said that they beat him so bad that, and so deep, they said they had like pieces of rock and little pieces of metal and different things in the ends of those uh, uh, leather straps. That they cut into Christ so deep, they said that you could see his insides. You're looking through those, those cuts on his back. That's, that's, that is serious stuff. But you know, he did it simply because he loves you. And he said, by my stripes, you are healed. I like that. You are healed. Not you will be or maybe you can be, but you are. It's past tense. When he did it, and you believed it, and you come to him in faith, he said, you are healed. What did Jesus say when he healed many people? Be it unto you according to your faith. How much faith do you have when you come to God and pray? Do you believe that you are healed when you come and ask for a healing? When we pray for healing right then and there, we ought to start thanking God. Lord, I thank you that I am healed. By the blood of your son Jesus Christ, by his stripes, I am healed. Why don't we do that? So many people, well, I don't know, maybe God will heal me, maybe he won't. No, your attitude. God will heal me. Many people say, God, they'd come to God for a healing. they say, God, if you are willing, God is willing to heal you, to touch you, to love you, to meet your needs. He is willing simply because of his great love for you. So when we come to God, it's a done deal really. All we have to do is have faith and believe. He who believes nothing shall be impossible for you. He says the blood gives you power to overcome the devil and his works. It's Jesus' shed blood that gives you the power to overcome Satan and his works. In Revelations 12, 11, it says, and they overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Came to him by the word of their testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. The shed blood of the Lamb. That blood has got so much power that we don't even begin to realize how much power that that blood has in it. You know, I didn't realize this, but the, you know, the blood was so important to God that he has it mentioned in his word over 700 times. The word blood. 
is mentioned in the Bible over 700 times. Is that important? It's very important. God is trying to instill in us the importance of the shed blood of Christ. He is repeating and repeating. He is just, his scripture, he's verifying what the blood does. So he's telling you 700 different times about the blood and what it does. He wants us to get it down in us how important the blood is. And when God put it in there over 700 times, you better believe it's important to God. And it should be important to us. We're told in Leviticus 17.11 that the life of the flesh is in the blood. It says here, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. What is atonement? Jesus was our atonement. Jesus satisfied the anger and the wrath of God because of our sins. It was Jesus' blood that satisfied God's wrath. When we said, Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior, God says, your sins are forgiven. My wrath has been moved from you. Atonement is removing God's wrath because of what Jesus Christ did on that cross. He, the, the, the removing our sins is because of the blood of Jesus. His blood atoned or satisfied the wrath of God for everything that we have done. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, this is true. Blood being the life of flesh is true both spiritual and physical. Your natural blood supplies life, giving oxygen and nutrients to every cell in your body. The blood. If the flow of blood were to be cut off from any part of your body, that part would die. Have you ever noticed if you get something too tight around you, how, the, how it cuts off the blood and that place begins to go in numb? That's why a, a tourniquet they say that you can tighten it down to stop that flow of blood, but you've got to release it ever so often so that blood will flow back through it. And then tighten it down. If you cut off the blood continually and not let that blood flow, that part of the body will die. The cells are getting no oxygen, no nutrients. And if we're speaking about it spiritually, any part of your life that is cut off from the blood of Jesus it's dead or it's beginning to die. Many people don't understand that they used to serve Christ. They were in church. They were worshiping God. And all of a sudden, they're out of church. They're not worshiping God. And they feel dead. They don't feel alive anymore. Why? They're not under the blood. They're not under the blood anymore. They have said... When they left church, they said, I want to go back out in the world. I've tried this religion, but it just don't work for me. No. The shed blood of God will work for everybody. You just got to want it to work and allow it to work. This, well, it just didn't work for me. It's because you didn't want it to work for you. 
The blood of Jesus is for every single person that will say yes to Him. You know, God also equipped our body with white blood cells. What do white blood cells do? Janice had a problem with that. She knows. White blood cells fight off sickness. Your white blood cells fight off sickness. Anytime a bacteria or a virus tries to get into your body, your white blood cells start to destroy them. God knew what he was doing. He gave us those white blood cells to combat diseases, viruses, bacterias that try to come into our bodies. A lot of times your own immune system is what keeps you well. When your natural body's healthy, when your white blood cells are good, you're protected from diseases. And when you are spiritually healthy, there isn't anything that the devil can do or bring against you that the blood of Jesus cannot overcome. When you are covered by the blood of Christ, it combats what the enemy can do when he comes against you. Life is in the blood. That's what Jesus is telling us. Life is in the blood. Most Christians, we really want to know about the blood being shed. You know, we talk about he shed his blood on the cross. He shed his blood. But, as I was saying a while ago, what about it being applied? You have to apply the shed blood of Jesus for it to do you any good. I'm going to show you that. And here in Exodus, the Israelites were commanded to kill a lion, a, a lion, a lamb, and dip a branch of hyssop into its blood, and then they were to sprinkle or apply the blood to the doorpost of their house. And then that night, when God passed over those homes, he saw the blood on the doorposts, and everyone whose doorposts had no blood, lost their firstborn. God made it very clear. Sprinkle the blood, apply the blood to the door. When I pass over and I see the blood, you will be saved. If there is no blood, your firstborn was killed. You lost your firstborn. And you know that also applied to the livestock. The firstborn of all livestock even. When, they, when God passed over, if there was no blood, the firstborn of the household lost their firstborn. The livestock lost their first. You know, if the Israelites hadn't followed God's instruction, if they had left the blood of the lamb in that basin and not applied it, God would have killed their firstborn. That's what he's telling them. Just killing the lamb would have, been, would have done no good. Just killing the lamb would have done no good. The shedding of the blood was not enough. They 
called to apply the blood to their house. God was looking, when he passed over, he was looking for the blood. He was looking for the blood. And I'm going to tell you something today. God is still looking for the blood. He's looking for the blood. No, you're not applying it to your house, but you should be applying it to your heart. To yourself. You know, like I said, God was looking at the blood, and today God is still looking at the blood. Throughout the Old Testament, it was the blood of sacrificed animals that had the power to forgive sin. It was a sacrificed animal back then that had the blood. But now, the sacrificed animal is through. It is now the sacrificed blood of Jesus Christ. The animal is gone. But in the New Testament, Jesus said in Matthew 26, 28, this is my blood of the covenant. I made a new covenant with you which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of your sins. He said, when my blood was shed out and you accepted me, and I'm going to tell you why we have to do this in just a minute, and you accepted me, when you accepted Christ and said, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, I receive you as my Lord and Savior, you know what you were doing? You were applying the blood of Christ to you. You're applying it now with our words. We don't apply the physical blood anymore like they used to have to. We apply it through faith in who Jesus is, what he did, his shed blood. We're applying that shed blood by what we speak. I'm going to show you that here in just a second. Even though there's nothing a person can do to, to compensate for their sins, many keep trying to make up for the things they've done. How many of you have known people say, well, I'd like to come to church, but you know I've got to get myself right with God before I can come to church. There's no way you're going to get yourself right with God on your own. You're going to have to do it through your son Jesus Christ and through what Jesus Christ did on the cross. The blood of Jesus is the only thing that can bring about the forgiveness that we need to satisfy God of our sins. Jesus Christ is the atonement for our sins. It is Jesus Christ that soothes God's wrath against us because of his shed blood and what he did. His obedience to the Father. And when he shed that blood and we said, yes, Lord, I want to apply your blood to my life through faith in you, through seeing you as my Lord and Savior, you were saved. You applied the blood of Christ to your body. And uh, it's only when we admit to God that the blood of Jesus provides complete forgiveness and cleansing that it restores us back to God. Until we accept Christ, we're away from God. Until we accept Jesus Christ and believe that He is the Son of God, we have not been reconciled back to God. It's when we say, Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on that cross for me, and I believe that you arose that third day. When we come like that with faith, you're applying the blood to your body. And God recognizes that. He honors that. And from that moment on, his hand is on you. He's watching over you. But without the blood of Jesus, you're defenseless 
against the devil and his works. Why? Because you're, you're, you're away from God. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ, Christ, the blood of Christ is not on you. You have not been reconciled back to God. So you're still away from God. God doesn't even hear your prayers. There's only one prayer God's going to hear. Lord, I'm a sinner. I want to receive the blood of your son Jesus Christ and ask for your forgiveness. Now God will hear that. He'll honor that. He will restore you. He will reconcile you back to him. And he will put his hand upon you, guide you, watch over you, and take care of you. But up until that point, you're on your own. How'd you like to go through this world on your own without the protection of God? without his hand being on you, without being filled with the Holy Spirit, just walking around all the time, and the devil can have his way with you. What did God tell Job, or tell the devil about Job? Job was a righteous man. But God said, this man is a righteous man. I'm going to let you have your way with him. And the devil said something. He says, yes, God, but I can't do anything to him because you've got your hedge of protection around him. Do you realize you've got the hedge of protection of God around you? Because of Jesus Christ, because of the shed blood of God, you have got got God's hand of protection. You've got his hedge of protection around you. Many people do not believe this. You know, there is one thing I constantly pray. I pray for the hedge of protection around each and every one of you. I pray for the hedge of protection around this church. I pray for God's head protection around my family, my grandkids, because I know God hears it. I know God hears it. Each and every father in this house, grandfather, each head of the household, you need to be praying to God continuously for the His head of protection around your family, to protect them, to walk with them, to be there as, as they go through this world. I mean, without God, this is a mess out there. And, and all of you know it. It is a mess. But you know, none of these things alone, without the shed blood, you cannot be cleansed, healed, or protected until you accept Jesus Christ and his shed blood. When it comes to your forgiveness, your healing, and protection, God is still looking for the blood. Have you got the covering of the blood of Jesus on you? We don't think about it. Have you got the covering? Are you covered by the blood of Jesus? Because when you're praying and God looks down, what's he looking for? He's looking for the blood. He says, if I see the blood, this other stuff will pass on over you and it won't affect you. He's looking for the blood. This is the strength and the power of the shed blood of Christ. Just as the blood had to be applied to the doorpost, we must apply it also to our lives. It's already been shed, but it can only become powerful when you accept that blood and you apply it. So I'm, I'm, I'll just go right here and say, how do we apply the blood of Jesus? What does it I do? How do I apply the blood? Under the new covenant, we apply the blood of Jesus with our words. We don't get a piece of hyssop. 
We don't go out and kill some animal or anything else, dip that hyssop in that blood, and then apply it to us. No, we apply it with our faith of our words. Here in Romans 10, 10, For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You believe the righteousness of Christ is now the righteousness in you. You believe that the... That, <coughs> excuse me. You believe with, that by your confession of who Jesus is and that you receive him as your Lord and as your Savior, you're confessing unto salvation. And God says, with the mouth, salvation comes. When we confess and we confess our salvation of God, you're saved. You apply the blood of Jesus to yourself and you say the blood of Jesus was shed on the cross for me and I received Jesus as my Savior and everything that he has done for me, I receive it by his shed blood. For I have applied the blood to myself. And when you apply the blood of Jesus, you can receive your healing. You can apply it to protect your household. It can be applied to cover your children and protect them. We don't understand that we have to apply. It's not that it's been shed, but that's not enough. You've got to receive it and apply it and use it. And we have to realize something. The blood of Jesus is never ever going to lose its power. It will never lose its power. It can only but it can only make a difference in your life when you apply it to your life. There is power in the blood of Christ. How many? I'm sure probably 99.9% of people in here have applied the blood of Jesus to their life by confessing their faith in Jesus Christ and asking Jesus Christ to come into their heart. If you happen to never have asked Jesus to come into your heart, if you have never said, Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. If we're just assuming that I'm forgiven because I go to church, don't do that. Many people just go to church, but they never receive Jesus Christ. They'll go, they'll say it, but they've never received They think because, well, I'm a member of this church. I go to church. But until you actually confess and say, Jesus Christ, I am a sinner and I ask you to forgive my sins and to come into my heart, you are not saved. You are on your own. The devil can do anything with you he wants to. And some of us don't think that. We don't think about it. Well, I go to church so everything's okay. No, it's not okay until you say, Jesus Christ, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I want to apply your blood to my life. Until then, do you truly accept Jesus? You're going to stand before the judgment seat at the end of time, the great white throne judgment, because you're not saved. You say, Bill, that's pretty rough. It's the truth. I have to tell you the truth. I cannot up here and say, oh, that's okay if you can come to church and everything, everything's fine. It's not fine. 
It's what you believe in your heart. It's how you truly, truly feel about Christ. Do you truly believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do you truly believe that Jesus shed His blood on that cross for your sins? That's only one decision that you have to make yourself. Your family cannot make it. I cannot make it. Nobody can make it but you. You're the one that has to say, Lord, forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I want to follow you. When you do that, I want you to just imagine your life is going to change so much. You're not going to be that same person you was. You're going to be that new creation in God. You're going to be that new person. All that old stuff in your, in your body has passed away. And when you say, Jesus, come into life, everything changes. Everything becomes new. God has erased every sin that you've ever committed. He'll never remember it against you again. And you belong to Him. You have applied the blood of salvation to your life. So I'm going to ask the band to come up and I'm going to close because we're going to go over there and eat. But I want you all to know that sometimes some of the sermons I preach, it's hard for me to preach. But I have to be obedient to what God tells me to do. He wants to make sure every single one of you know Him as Lord and Savior, that you're saved. You know, the thing about it is, I'm just like you. I'm going to have to stand before Christ and I'm going to have to account to Him. He says, Bill, why didn't you tell them about my word? So I try to make sure I tell each and every one of them the truth of God's word and what He says. Because you're not going to be able to stand before God and say, I didn't know. You can't say that. If you were listening, God said, no, you know, because he told you. You just didn't believe him. So the ballpark is in the unbeliever's hand. It's your own faith. It's your own choice. It's what they choose to do. If they choose not to believe, then they will stand before God at the great white throne judgment. He'll open up the book of life and he's going to look and see if your name's in there. Of course, he already knows whether it is or not. But he's going to look and say, uh-uh, your name's not here. What happens? Very clearly it says, for then you're cast into the lake of fire for all eternity. Pretty, pretty serious stuff. Pretty serious stuff. So you have to make your own decision. You know what you believe. You know where you stand with God. Sometimes we just have to reaffirm it. Even to ourselves at times. So I'm going to ask the band to, to, to play. And if you have not accepted Jesus Christ or you just feel like, Lord, I may need to rededicate my life. I haven't walked with you like I should have. We have altars up here.
come. God will forgive you. He'll receive you. But you're going to have to ask Him. And you're going to have to believe in your heart. So I'm going to ask them to pray. If you just need prayer or whatever, or if you want me to pray with you, I'm going to be down front. I'll be glad to pray with you. But please, don't leave here today without Jesus Christ. Let's pray right fast. Father God, I come before you and I pray, Lord, if there's anybody here that has not accepted you as their Lord and as their Savior, that they will come forth and receive you today. Lord, we don't, we're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised the next few minutes. Lord, we don't know when you're coming back. But Lord, we need to be ready. If something happens, Lord, we need to be ready. For if we are absent with the, from the body, then we are present with you. If something happens to us, and we're dead, or we're killed, we die, whatever, then our spirit leaves and goes to be with the Lord. Yes, our body will be going back to the ground, but our spirit will go to be with the Lord. So Lord, I just pray that Lord, if anybody's not right with you, that they will get that way today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.